Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. I am Dr. Danielle LaPointe, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. Today, we have Joey Struy with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are great. We are so excited to have you here. Um, we're going to go ahead and get right started. First, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Tickets Ticket, um, who makes this episode and every episode here at Paradox possible. So, Dustin, how are you doing today? Man, I'm, I won't use my saying I used last week that you scolded me for, but... Don't do um, it. I, I couldn't be any better. I'm just living the dream down here in Greenwood, Arkansas. But I, I'm excited about today because um, there, there are people, and I've said this numerous times on this podcast, there are legends and there are people that are um, way up there on, and literally Mount Rushmore's, this guy kind of fits that Mount Rushmore because he's here, <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Um, but Joey Struey is a... Uh, uh, he's become a great friend. He's a mentor. Uh, he was in the leadership cohort with me. He was actually my my pod leader. Um, so I got to know him through the cohort and then we're state coordinators together. So I got to spend some time in a vehicle with him. It was trapped. So he didn't have any way out because we were going to the airport. So I had to make sure that I had, I took advantage of my time and had conversations <laughs> with Joey about life, about life in South Dakota, about life as an athletic administrator. Um, but more than anything, I, I, I love Joey because he, he is authentic. He's real. He's genuine. And he, he, when he tells you something, it's from the heart. He's not blowing smoke. He's not making stuff up. He's as honest as they can be. And I really respect that about Joey. So I'm excited to have Joey here. I've said he's the Mount Rushmore for me, but he's actually in South Dakota. And uh, for those of you geographically challenged, we'll address that in just a minute. Uh, but mm -hmm. Joey, I welcome you here. I'm excited to have you here. And I want to ask you, as we get started, I can go through accolades. I can go through all the awards. If anybody's watching on YouTube, they can see awards just plastered on uh, behind Joey, plaques that he's gotten. But Joey, what does, well, who is Joey Struey that the resume is not going to tell me? What do, what do you like to do for fun? What do you enjoy to do? How do you balance this life that we live in crazy athletics? That, <laughs> Dustin, that's a good question. As you guys well know, it's hard to balance it. We're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and, and you just have to shut it off. I like to say, you know, I take this job very seriously, but I try not to take myself too seriously. You know, you've got to have some, some stress relief. You've got to get away. Um, most of the time when I'm not on duty, um, you know, I'm just, I'm doing things with family. I like to be with my wife and my kids. Uh, my kids have grown up and moved away, so I'm trying to find other things to, to replace those, uh, taking up some golf lately, uh, things like that, that just, just to get away and relax just a little bit. So let me ask this. What does golf look like in South Dakota? Like, what are the seasons <laughs> that you can play golf? <clears throat> well, you can play golf whenever the course is open, which is only <laughs> about, what, six weeks a year? <laughs> no, no, it's a little more than that. Um, you know, our, our spring golf season, we start that in, in late March, but we typically don't get a lot of, of matches in until late April. Uh, but you can get out on the course different days of the week, uh, depending on the weather, obviously. But they're open a lot of times. It depends on how bad you want to play. Do you want to play when the wind is blowing 50 miles an hour or it's 
50 degrees out. You got to really be an avid golfer to want to get out there in that kind of weather. Well, that I used to play golf with a, a basketball coach, a longtime basketball coach at the college level, and he would always say he played Christian golf. When he hit it, only God knows where it's going. So that, that may be <laughs> a great recipe for him with 50-mile-an-hour winds. When I keep score, I keep score by the number of golf balls that I lose. So if I finish five under for the day, that just means I got to go buy a new sleeve of golf balls. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's why that's why I like best ball, right? <laughs> it's never <But> mine. <laughs> as we look at that, Joey, you want to do a, let's geographically place you on the map and tell people where exactly you're at so people in the country or in the world that are listening to this can know exactly where the King Joey Strewy reigns. Oh, you're going to have to lay off a little bit on that. I don't know, know whatever's in your coffee this morning. Uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm at Lincoln High School in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're straight north of Kansas City, if you want to go to the center of the country, about six hours. So uh, straight up I-29, about five or six hour drive. And how far from Mount Rushmore? Uh, we're about a four hour drive from Mount Rushmore, just on the other side of the state. Now, I bring that up because one of our mutual friends and somebody we've talked about several times has been able to experience that with you going to Mount Rushmore, but it was unique in that it was rather quiet at Mount Rushmore. Had you ever seen it like that before? Never, never. I don't, did you see the picture on, that, that Doug posted on, uh, on Twitter? I took that picture with my camera and we were literally the only people there. It was the only car in the parking lot. In fact, when we pulled in, I thought, oh, man, they're not open, you know, but when we walked in, it was all lit up. It was 11 o'clock at night, and, and it was just the most serene thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen a national monument completely empty. I never even considered it, never even thought about it, Nate, that there were nobody there. There was nobody there at, at a certain point in time. Just didn't even think about it that way. So is it similar or eerily similar to some golf courses up there that there may be just one golf or one car in the parking lot? <laughs> well, you like it when there's, I like it when there's nobody on, on the golf course because then I can't hit anyone. Right. But, <laughs> true story. True story here. When we were younger, my wife and I used to golf together. And then we, I, we went away from it for, for a long time when we started having kids. So we didn't go out anymore. I hit my wife with a golf ball. She was behind me. <laughs> we got to tell, you got to explain this. I, I want her side of the story. Where is she? You talk to her. <laughs> She's not here, so she can't defend herself, but she got nothing to defend. It was me. I teed off, and of course, I sliced, and it hit a tree, and it bounced back and hit her right in the thigh. <laughs> that left a mark. It did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Here's my question. Did you go golfing with her again, or was that the end of the golf excursion with the wife? No, she, she, to her credit, she would continue to golf with me. She was just a little bit more on the lookout for where I was going to hit the ball. Hiding behind the <laughs> golf cart as you go, <laughs> crouch down. Yeah, yeah, I might be the only one in the world who can claim that they hit, hit somebody who was behind them. Yeah, that, that's a special skill, Joe. You may have a talent that the PGA needs. Oh, well, need, I'm sure I do. <laughs> we need to get him another award right there. Take yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Not funny. my best moment. Well, I right. enjoyed that story, but I am very excited to hear the story that you have for us 
our AD story. All right, so it was, this must have been six or seven years ago when I was at my previous school uh, in Harrisburg at the state track meet, the 100 meter dash in the, in the uh, preliminary rounds, there was a three-way tie, excuse me, this was semifinal rounds. There was a three-way tie for the seventh place and the eighth place spots in the finals. There was a girl from my school, a girl from my current school where I am and, a, and another girl. So they have to have a runoff. Three girls have to have a runoff for the two spots in the finals. In the runoff, one of the girls false starts, the one from the other mm. school. So now we're down to two runners, but they still have to run the race, even though there's two spots in the finals and they both, so they're both it. but they still have to run the race. So the girls are wondering, do I really have to run this race? You know, it's an extra race here in the state championships. You know, you don't want to run another race if you don't have to. So they asked one of the officials, do we have to, do we have to run the race? And in his, the only thing he said to them was, you have to start legally and you have to end legally. How fast you run, that, that's completely up to you. Because the time didn't matter where they time were Time wouldn't matter. Be. They were going to get okay. lane seven and eight anyway. It was, it's a horse apiece when you're talking lane seven and eight. A um, mm -hmm. little bit of an advantage in seven, but you know what? One of them was a wasn't was an eighth grader. The other one was a sophomore. It's not like this was going to make or break their career. Um, so they decide that they're just going to walk both of them, and they're going to hold hands while they do it. So the gun goes off. They walk down the track holding hands for sportsmanship. Yeah, it looks great. Everybody's cheering. <laughs> the crowd's loving it. You know, that it's great sportsmanship. Well, by the letter of the law, you can't do that. You can't aid or impede another runner. That includes touching them. They're touching. So the meet officials disqualify them. When you're talking team titles, there are, well, there, you know, if you think about it, I mean, <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are coaches of the kids who are in lanes one through six who are competing for a state title here, a team title. So they want these kids, they want to follow the letter of the law while everybody else is going, come on, man, you know, no harm, no foul here. Do you have to follow the letter of the law? You know, the officials can confer, they get state officials in there from the activities association and, and they, they rule that we have to follow the rule. We're going to, we're going to disqualify them. We don't want to, but, but we have to do it. The following day in one of the local newspapers, there's the picture of the two girls holding hands, walking down the track and a great article on sportsmanship. You mean, you mean impeding each other? They're two, yes, two correct. Picture of them. Impeding okay. each other. Tomato, okay. tomato, right? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on, on which official you talk to. Mm -hmm. And so of course, the scuttlebutt on social media and on all over the, the, the track meet is, you know, these girls were, were had an opportunity taken away from them for something that they shouldn't be penalized for. The article in the paper has a quote from one of the girls that said an official at the starting line told us that we should hold hands as we walked down the track. <gasps> so that's in the paper. So now the meet officials are going around, well, who told them that? Which one of us told them that? Did we tell them that? So they started a further investigation. Well, 
as they investigate it, they, they, they start talking and they're looking at the times. Well, to break a tie for the finals, you can go out to the thousandth of a second by, by rule. Mm -hmm. Well, if you go out to the thousandth of a second, the girl who false started in the runoff would not have been, she would have been eliminated. So now okay. there's absolutely no need to have ever had a runoff in the first place. So now we've got another so layer stress right now. The next day. So yeah, so so now we've got another appeal that comes in. So we should this should have never occurred. So it, it has a happy ending. The officials went back, they reversed it. Yes, there should never have been a three-way tie. It was a two-way tie. They they get seventh and eighth place. It said the seventh and eighth place spots in that in that finals. So so they went back, they reversed it, and they made it the way it should have been but had had they not broken that tie had they not discovered that the tie breaking procedure wasn't followed correctly those two girls wouldn't have gotten to run so yeah so that was that was uh, a lesson in how do you manage your coaches when they're up in arms and you agree with them you know you're god you're right <laughs> you're absolutely right this shouldn't have happened what do we do about it? What do you do about something when you can't do something about it? There's absolutely no way that I could overrule the state association. Well, this is this is not my school, not my state. And like, I'm upset about this right now. Like, and I know this all finished good and everything, but, oh, I, I sat on the FHSA um, state appeals committee for years. And cases that kind of came in similar to this would, would drive me crazy because we have to use common sense sometimes. And I, I feel like that wasn't done here multiple times. I mean, first of all, the it sh the race shouldn't have happened. If the officials knew the rules as well as they're claiming they know the rules for impeding <laughs> each other as holding hands as they walk down the track, then how come they didn't know they could use a thousandth of a second? So, I mean, there's that. And if that was an issue, why did, when they were started walking, clearly this took them a while, right, to walk down the track. So how come someone wasn't like, let go like let go of your hands like there there's you know kids are doing a good thing it's in the paper and and, and adults want to not be able to see the value of that I don't know sometimes stuff like that drives me crazy and that's probably not a politically correct thing to say but it is the way that I feel because 80s are here to help kids and help coaches be successful. And sometimes our rules get in our own way. And that is where we have to shine as ADs and do the appeals and try to talk sense into those who need to have sense talked into them. But Joey, no. you mentioned that the, the came out in the newspaper and they said this, I wanna go back to actually when the moment happens, where are you in this process? Where are you witnessing this? Are you chest are you there? out? This is great. This is a great display of sportsmanship because at the end of the day, that's what we want to see. Where, where are you in this moment when this takes that place? I was there. I was on the infield uh, of the of the track, and, and I watched. I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw about the last half of when people started cheering. Then I, it caught my attention. I looked over. I was looking at a field event and watching that for at that moment. So then I turned and watched. Then I watched it and I thought, Oh yeah, that's that's nice. You're proud. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. What was this home for you? Bad this? <laughs> yeah. Was this a home event for you or were you away? No, we were away. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, all right. So here's the rest of that story about the article in the newspaper. About two weeks ago, we had a major regional track meet here in Sioux Falls. And I'm talking with one of the officials who was the starter for that race. And he found out who it was who told the students that they could hold hands. He finally tracked it down. It was a photographer. It wasn't the official. Yep. So to a, to, a, to a middle school student, an eighth grader, an adult looked official to me. Mm -hmm. So that's who, so the photographer, the one who took the picture who was that, that was in the newspaper was the one who told them they should hold hands as they did this. It wasn't a meet official. So the media created their own story. <laughs> Get out of here. You can't trust anybody in the media. <laughs> I do not believe that for a second, Jody. This is what the this is what the starter told me. I did not, I, I don't have firsthand knowledge of that. So it, you know, take that as you will. But yeah, that's what he told me. I feel like we're back at TC Williams not having lights all over again, Dustin. Like, we don't know what yeah. to believe anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood lies. Joey, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I want to ask you this question. As that's unfolding, and then you get the ruling there, we've talked about the newspaper article, which is the next day, obviously. Now with social media, that could be pushed out real quickly. Oh, yeah. But in that moment, when you get word that they're disqualifying those two, two individuals, what is your reaction at that point, and how do you not go through the roof and say this is this is a, an incredible display of sportsmanship? They're going to run, and and you and I both know they're not going to finish first, and they're not going to win the state championship. But how do you how do you contain yourself and say this is not right that we're not rewarding these kids for a sportsmanship move? Well. I expressed all of those things during the appeal process. So after it comes out and it's final, it's in the newspaper. Now it becomes to me a, a matter of managing how we react to it. Now my, my outrage will come after the meet is over. Let's, let's try to focus on the events that we still have left because we right. still have races to run. We have others, other events, in, students in events that we need to manage and, and, and work with them so that they can have the best experience that they that they can have. So that became the focus after that. I, I mean, when, when a ruling comes down, there's not a lot you can do about it. Let's let's on complain on, on Monday after the races are over. Yeah, I, I think I might have been sarcastic and gotten the other ADs from the other schools and just walked it ourselves as okay. a show of solidarity. No, you said now that you say that all right. holding hands. So Jim, Jim Dorman was 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 in my chair, the, the chair that I'm in now. So he was the, the athletic director from the other school. He's uh, our state's executive director. I tried to convince him before the finals. I said, let's I, before they, they overturned it, I said, man, we got to walk down the track hand in hand, you and me. <laughs> before the finals of the event. Come on. And he I couldn't convince him. We've got to do it. That's that would be awesome. I mean, people would love that. Yeah. Everybody, but maybe the high school activities association. Mm. <laughs> they may not have thought it was as funny as I did. I think it's but, pretty but funny. That's, a, that's <laughs> an incredible point. And what a, what a, what a moment for your kids to be able to say, Hey, my ID has got my back. Um, we did this out of a, I mean, it was the last two we had to do it. So this was our, our way of doing it for us. 
And then if I saw my AD doing that, I'd been like, that's my dude right there. That guy <laughs> right there will battle for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't convince him. But then it wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have done it anyway because they did overturn it. So there was no need to do that. But I couldn't convince him to do that with me. And you would have had a rough time walking down holding your own hand. Yes, yes. They, they wouldn't have got it had I been doing this walk. <laughs> probably wouldn't have had the same effect. And you couldn't dash between lane seven and eight because then you'll, <laughs> you're illegally running. So you wouldn't have right. been able to finish. It's a frustrating story. This is a frustrating story. It is. It, it is. You can't make that up, though. I, I, you know, it just there are things that happen that you just shake your head and you know probably similar to what what does the athletic director do when the wrestling official makes a kid cut his hair before he takes a mat right mm-hmm. i mean done is done what do and you, you do may not even the- you don't know about it until after it's happened right. yeah it's it's yeah and 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 dustin brings up a great point like as, as angry as you might be and you feel, you have to still make sure your coach is calm and taking care of your other kids and your kids are calm. And then, and possibly the parents too, if the parents oh, definitely are, the parents. Yes. are there. All of the parents. <laughs> not upset about it. And yeah, just to do what, I mean, sometimes you just got to do the right thing. And I just want to ask this, Joey, what was the conversation like with the girls? And then you know parents are getting involved. What were that? What was that conversation like from your chair um, with with those individuals involved? Because it is a sticky subject, and you you support what the kids did, but you also are subject to the state association. You can't overturn them. So how is that conversation? As ADs, we deal with parents. So what, how did right. you handle that? Well, that's that's exactly how I did. I, I mean, yes, girls, what you did was was not wrong. It was not wrong letter of the law, which is what they're going by, because they've got other people. Uh, Lincoln High School, uh, which is where I am now, was competing for the state title, the team title. So there are other coaches and other teams who are in competition with them, where that two points, that one point could make the difference in, in a team title. So to them, applying the letter of the law is what they're arguing. We have to apply the letter of the law. We have to do it. so, and their, you know, their motivations may be not as empirical as as you would like, but but that's a fact. I mean, those things are happening. So so there are officials who are listening have that chirping in their ear as well. So it it just becomes a matter of trying to help them understand a little bit better, even though that we're not going to agree with it. We disagree with it here's their logic here's their rationale you try to lay it out even though we disagree you know you're you're absolutely right bring up a great point about maybe other ad's being on the other side because it may affect their ability to have team points but i would never want my school to win a title with that in the background with me supporting kids holding hands across the finish line because at the end of the day to me that show of sportman, sportsmanship and, and what we're capable of as athletes and humans and creating, you know, role models and citizens that are going to graduate is, is far more important than the, the one or two points. And I want my team to still win. I, I want them to win the, the state title, but I want them to do it correctly. I want them to do it. I don't want to say fairly because I know the rule, right? That's not the right word, but morally, I guess, ethically. So 
I don't know that that gives me some conflicting emotions because you want to think that everyone's going to do what's right and that's not always the case so you're balancing many multiple parts here your 80s and parents and kids and your coaches and uh, yeah that's a that's a mess yeah it was it was you know and it's not a lot different than I mean you're talking about letter of the law uh, 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 I can't remember it was a boy or a girl at last year's state meet our state track meet ended in a team tie because a kid didn't have his bib number pinned to his shirt which is a you can run you 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 you, you can score but it's a team point deduction that team point deduction created a two-way tie for the championship rather than them having won it outright Whew. so i mean details matter <laughs> well <laughs> they, they said Dustin. <laughs> and there's another one that and i wasn't involved i didn't have a, a horse in that race so to speak but but those things uh, you know well, somebody my commentary would be my commentary is simply that track in south dakota appears to be a mess it, it can be there are way too many rules in track and field way too many I feel like the following year I would have submitted like a, um, um, a proposal to amend a bylaw that says something along the lines like unless holding hands in solidarity in sportsmanship <laughs> or something <laughs> to change the rule for all. Does all not constitute impeding or aiding. So. Yes. Yes. You know, I think about a couple of years ago, there a story went viral in softball, collegiate softball, a girl hit a home run and tore her ACL while she was rounding the bases and the teammates the opposing team put her on their shoulders and went around and made sure she touched each base and carried yep. her in as a show of sportsmanship. And that's applauded. I mean, people were thinking, what a great thing that is. And this is yep. similar. This wasn't a, a home run, obviously, but this was a situation where two girls were like, hey, this is our moment to be able to say, at the end of the day, we're athletes. We may be representing different schools, but we're athletes. And what we came to do was run this race. And we get to do that as a show of solidarity. So, so you almost hate penalizing kids. Oh, you absolutely hate incredibly penalizing awesome. kids, something like that. Yes. Well, you, you also just said it, they're kids too, you know, like, yes, yeah. I know. One of them was in eighth grade. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, She's they're in eighth grade. Kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And what message does that send? <laughs> right. Right. <sighs> yeah. We, we don't want you to display good sportsmanship. Exactly. It should have been a feel-good moment, and it and it wasn't. It just it, man. I, I just imagine being in that moment, and I and I can't say that I wouldn't be clapping when those girls were walking myself and saying that's a really cool moment. It was that's something that we want and we'll brag on. We'll take pictures about, and we'll say that's a poster that's going on my wall because well, that's, would, that's kids who got it. How would it have looked if, if you're standing there and you see these? kids doing a great thing and you're like no stop touching as you're like sprinting towards the track from the infield like, well I, I suppose i suppose if you extrapolate that and you're the officials it doesn't matter whether you take one step or or a hundred steps holding hands yeah you, once you've touched the, yeah the damage was done in their eyes 
to the well, officials, had you known like, it was by the letter think... of the law, I would have just gone and picked him up and carried him myself and just said, hey, we're going to we're going to finish this together. If we're going to get disqualified. Let's do this. That, that breaks all the exactly. Laws. <laughs> but now you talked to the, you said you spoke to the official um, who was there like years later. Do you think they had any remorse for the way that was handled? Oh, yes. They would they would have oh, handled that differently. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, I think so, so you think it was a learning a moment for them as well? I do. I do too. I, I do too. I, you know, you you get out of the moment, you can think about things a little more calmly and rashly, and or less rashly. Uh, I, I think that changed everybody a little bit. Well, and you think about it, even I mean the spot that they're in as officials too, because you're trying to keep the letter of the law. You're trying to run a certified meet. You're trying to make sure that everything's done like it's supposed to be done. And, and there's not a gray area there, which is, which is unfortunate in, in the way we have rules written for athletics. There's really not a gray area. So the officials are trying to, okay, yeah, uh, Joey Shrewy may be calling and saying we're fun haters because we're not doing something that's really good here. But these other coaches and these other administrators are saying we cannot allow that to happen because that violates the rules. So they're in a bad spot. Yes. in the middle of this tug of war of do we do things that's that's sportsmanship or do we do things that say this is the way the track meet is supposed to be run so the officials are in a bad spot yeah agreed yeah they, they definitely were um and, and i wouldn't have wanted to be them because they were going to lose either way but if you're going to lose you you i i i always say if i when i'm going to make a mistake i want to make it on the side of the kids well, and, and that's why, I mean, I think this is a good time to maybe highlight the appeals process that a lot of states, um, you know, have an honor and, and ADs should, should know what their state's appeals process <laughs> is and how to go ahead and, and implement that if it's needed. In a case like this, it's absolutely needed. You have the right to an appeal um, and you should utilize that and maybe ADs should go and refresh, you know, how your appeals process works. If you've never, if you've been fortunate enough to never have to use it, you don't want to have to try to figure it out when you need to do it that morning. Right. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Learning on the fly is not a good way to do it. Well, and you would not have known that rule, I'm assuming, prior to that. I mean, you didn't know that you couldn't go. This was not going to be something that was going to violate a rule in your mind. Right. I mean, I, you, you all know that you can't impede the runner. You can't aid a runner. But I would not have interpreted holding hands as either aiding or impeding the runner. I, I just wouldn't have. I would have never thought of it like that. Not pulling someone along, not slowing not somebody down. Them. You're just side by right. side, strolling to the finish. Right. And, and that's a valid point. I mean, I would have, I would have been at that appeal with the definition of impeding. I would have been like, right. I would have had a dictionary at that appeal. But if I'm not mistaken, I think the rule book at the time, and I don't know if it still does, says to include touching. Mm. So they were touching. Right. Yeah. So by the letter of the law. By the letter of the law. Now, now here's my question with the appeal. That race already had taken place. The appeal didn't happen immediately, obviously. It had to be something that was a process with media reports and a few days had gone by. <clears throat> what happens if the appeal was upheld or was granted and said, okay, you guys, they get to run in the state meet or the state finals, which had already happened? Well, in, in this case, 
the finals had not occurred yet. Okay. The semifinals were, were on a, a Friday, the finals were held on a Saturday and the appeal was, was uh, upheld so that they were able to, to run in the finals. They did get to run in the finals. Okay. So, uh, you know, once, the, once it's over, I, there's probably nothing you can do. Right. It's like certifying the results of the meet there's a rule for that too. Mm-hmm. Once the officials mm-hmm. certify the results, uh, I, I don't know how long it is after, I think it might be 24 hours you have to an appeal. And this I think about the a... association too. I mean, they're in a spot because yeah, and they were there. Nobody's going to say, we don't want to, we don't want kids to show sportsmanship. Nobody's going to say that. Um, and so they're in a spot to say, I would assume, and this was a really cool thing to see and be part of, but <laughs> we've also got the other side of things where it's a, if we were going to do a certified meet and we're going to have this for the finals, we've got to make sure that we're above, above reproach. And that could be a gray area considering the interpretation of the rule. Right. And this is such a hard one. Like <clears throat> I believe in following policies and the bylaws are there for a reason right I, i'm a firm believer in that but this one is just like a little bit out there for me there's got to be some sort of sportsmanship clause in there that's like let's because that's what we want to see you know we want to see something like that and and especially you know when you find out later they were kind of directed by an adult um regardless of who that adult was because that adult was allowed on the infield or near that finish line or starting line Right. So we got to take ownership for that as well. And the but, athletes believed that they had the authority to do it, whether or not they were right. They believed. It. Yeah. yeah. They had, and yeah. they had reason to believe, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, I, I don't know if, if there's, I don't know if in track and field, there's a, a case book, but if, that accompanies the rule book. I, I'd, I'd have to look at that, but I know in basketball and football, you have, you have a rule book and then you have a case book that has a specific example player A does this, player B does that, here's how it's interpreted. And I feel like that would be one of those things that you could put in a case book. Athlete A and athlete B are in a runoff, they're holding hands as a sort of sportsmanship, what's the ruling? And you could, you could make that specific example. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this is where people say common sense isn't that common. <clears throat> I mean, you would think you'd look at it and say, hey, this is We'll let this go. This is mm-hmm. not affecting the meat, I wouldn't think. Um, it, did not, it, it affected absolutely nothing. See, at the end of the day, that's nothing. where you wonder, does the rule book trump common sense at some point? Yeah, it, it should, <laughs> but it does. <laughs> the fact that both of us had to think about that so hard, we both are like, mm. <laughs> All right, what do I mean, you say? It's Dustin's a deep, deep question. Sometimes Dustin throws us deep questions. <laughs> so, Joey, as we look back at this story, and we've, we've talked about some takeaways, but as you think about this story and and you now six, seven years later sitting in a totally different chair than you were then, what are some takeaways that you have from this situation that maybe another AD, a young AD, or somebody across the country listening to this say, maybe, maybe I look at it that way. What did you take away from this story that says, this made me a better athletic administrator. Well, I think Danielle hit, hit it on the 
head earlier when she said, know your appeals processes ahead of time, or, or at least know where that reference is so that you can pull that out and, and pull it up on your phone or whatever device you have at the moment and, and be ready for that because you don't know when you're gonna to have to refer to something. And then I don't know about anybody else's state association, but a lot of times the rules, the regulations, the procedures, they're hard to find if you don't familiarize yourself with them. Uh, it, so if you don't have any idea, they're all on a website, but if you don't have any idea how to navigate that website or where to find things, it's, it's a very difficult process. So you just wanna be prepared, not only for the process, but to control the emotions of, of everyone involved. Because when we start getting upset, your, your initial reaction is to throw your hands in the air and say, oh my God, what are you guys thinking? You know, use some common sense. But here's how I want you to apply the common sense. And here's the rationale. We need you to comply, uh, to comply with the common sense. Well, and, and you're talking, your story deals with a track meet. I had a, I had a soccer coach text me during a game this year and say, I want to protest this game. And I had to look up what the rules for protest was and what that meant. I had to get details from him, but it's obviously in the middle of the game. It was on the road. He said, I want to protest. Well, I've got to familiarize myself with what that process looks like and see if that even fits into a, a protestable stance, I guess. Uh, when right. we protest a game based off something. Uh, and so I think you make a great point in understanding what that process is. You're not going to know it for every single sport. That may be difficult to know in every single scenario, but you need to at least be familiar where to find it if you need to look for it in a situation like this arises. And another thing is to develop relationships with, uh, with the people who make those decisions. If you have an activities association or an athletic association, know the people who are in the office, know the people who are in those positions to make those decisions. Uh, you know, I've got them on my phone. I've got them on speed dial. They, they pick up what I call. So when I have those questions, they know how to answer them. Well, I, I, I want to jump on well, that for just a second, Joey, with you saying know their network, but that doesn't mean that you're persuading them to make a decision. They're still going to follow no. the letter of the law, but you need to know who to ask that question to. That's correct. That's correct. There, yeah, I'm not talking about even right at the moment persuading them. I need to know, you're right, like in the soccer match, what's the process for, for appealing a game? Right. You know, those are the things you call them, you ask them. All right, so it's here. So here's the process. Now, do I have, do I have an argument if such and such a thing happens, you know, and we deal with those things a lot when it, with an open enrollment situation, a kid comes from another school district and they enroll in your school district. You know, what are the rules, the regulations? And those are so complex that you need to have a resource at a state level that can answer those questions. Well, and, and we've, we've heard stories before where not necessarily even the appeals process, but a step before that is knowing where to look up the exact wording of the bylaw. Because you can know it, the bylaw, but you also, the exact wording, like you said, it also says touching on top of impeding, for example. So we've had, Jim Harris had to do that on the field for his lights. Um, I mean, I've been in numerous situations where an official told me a policy and I was like, mm, in my head, I'm like, I don't know about that. So I just went and looked it up on my phone really quick, saw what the policy really was, and then I could continue my decisions from there. So the familiarity with not only the appeals process, but with the rule book in general and the bylaws for that particular sport, I just think are very, you know, really good practice. 
when you're you're going to get questions. I mean, parents are going to ask questions and say, "Hey, where is this? Why why can't we do this?" And in the moment, you may say, "Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think that makes sense." Well, upon further review, here's the rule, and we're all playing by the same rule. So mm -hmm. whether or not your son did it, and it may have been a great gesture by the letter of the law, which is what they're going to stick to. We, we got to abide by that. And that's the association we're part of. Right. And, it, and it's also an okay thing to say, let me double check. I'm going to double check that bylaw or I'm going to look up that policy. Well, I think that's an, an, a very inappropriate thing to say because you're not, you're expected to know how to find them and how to navigate it. But I, I mean, our, our book in Florida is thick. It's, it's not, it's not just a couple pages. So, um, I think it's a really, it's important thing, especially when you're speaking to a parent or, or a coach to be like, yeah, let me, let's double check. Let's find that, yeah. that rule and let's read it. Yeah. I do that all the time with mm -hmm. state policy, with school district policy. I, I never want to quote it and say, I absolutely know this is the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It, uh, old philosophers said it's better to be silent and thought of fool than to speak up and remove all doubt. Yes. So, yeah actually know what you're talking about i feel um, like i'm going to use that against you at some other point in time <laughs> <laughs> like i'm going to keep that one in my pocket <laughs> you're saying i should stay silent is that what you're saying i didn't say that i didn't say those words i just see now we're interpreting <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm going to my rule book joey strewey is my rule book from here on out so joey you got to keep your phone handy in case we get more podcast and i need clarification just give me a call Bonner friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, street shout out. You know, I I will say this too. I know I know Joey's heart. I know um the type of leader he is, the type of mentor he is, the type of investor he is in, in our profession and our people. And so I'm volunteering this, Joey, without your blessing. But if our listeners want to reach out to somebody who is a great resource, a great um leader that they can bounce ideas off of joey strewey would be at the top of that list so i would reach out to joey if you need his information call me i will gladly give that up and not tell him about it uh but <laughs> joey no markers are on the line already <laughs> i'm gonna put him in my phone it's not rushmore that's just what his name's gonna be <laughs> gonna and it's be fitting <laughs> joey is on my mount rushmore of ad's in the your standard is low, my friend. <laughs> it may be it may be a quiet, empty Mount Rushmore, but it's it's still there nonetheless. <laughs> but well, Joe, I really I enjoyed speaking with you today. Oh, thank you so much. I've enjoyed being on your show. This was great. Great honor for me. Joey, Joey is uh is way humble if you haven't picked that up by now in our 40 plus minutes or whatever we've been on this podcast. Joey is extremely humble, but he's genuine. He's authentic. I'll, I'll, I'll back that till the day I go to the ground. He is as authentic as they come. And I value everything that he says. And he's invested in me, in my leadership. He's invested in countless others. So Joey, man, I appreciate you coming on and give, giving us a chance. Uh, thanks, Dustin. Thanks, Danielle. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to you and to Dustin. And to Ticket Spicket, who is um, the NIAAA official ticketing partner and also our sponsor. We will see everyone next week. <laughs>